Hi, it's Nancy again, and every week I do a podcast, and it's called Home Design Chat with Nancy. But I got a couple of people who critiqued my intro. They said it was just too stifled, too, uh, I read it. Yeah, I did. But now it's going to be a little more lively. I'm working on that, and I'm also working on new music. It takes time. Time is flying by too fast, and I don't get a chance to do everything that I want. But just so that you know, these podcasts are all about things for your home and your lifestyle. So it could be around about tile for your floor. could be about designing for your backyard. And today, my special guest is Donna K. Jensen, and she is going to talk to me about catering. Now, a lot of people really want to do their own catering, have their own parties, and then when they start thinking about it, they get overwhelmed. Now, for um, catalog purposes, today is June 3rd. And you probably notice that every time I do a podcast, I say the date, and that's so that you can refer back to it. So put that down in your head. It's June 3rd. And Donna K. Jensen, the owner of Donna Delivers and Rentals, and Donna K. Cafe is my special guest. Hey, Donna, thanks a lot for coming by. Thank you for having me, Nancy. Well, I don't think anybody knows this, but I've known you for years, and you've done a lot of my catered events uh, for those who don't realize that I have happy hours every single month. Donna does a majority of them and does a damn good job, don't you? Thank you. I think so. <laughs> so does everybody else because they go out of the door very full and um, very happy. So like I said before, a lot of people want to cater their own parties. They think it's a piece of cake. You know, it's no not pun a intended. piece of cake. <laughs> no pun, no intended. pun intended. But... When they start getting into it, then they realize they're overwhelmed. Now, the smaller parties, the kids' parties, they can do it themselves. So I thought I would talk to you about giving the people hints and a little parameters on how they can put their parties together. And then when they realize that this is not something they want to do, then they can call you. Right, Donna? Perfect. Love it. Okay. So... The first thing is, I, I think if I was uh, doing a party, and believe me, I don't like doing my own cooking, how do I figure out how much food and beverage for the people so that I don't run out? I think the most important is the time of the day. A lot of people call and say, I want to have a party. First thing I say is, what's your budget? Second is the time of the day. If you're going to do a party between four and six, expect the people are going to want to have dinner. They are in a clock mode for their body and they're thinking five o'clock dinner time. So if you're looking for something less expensive, you might want to have a party in the afternoon between two and four to where you're not going to have to feed them a meal. Party between five and seven dictates that you've already had dinner and you're going to offer them something light and possibly a dessert. If it's dinner, obviously it sounds like they have to have tables and chairs. Not necessarily. Dinners nowadays could be pasta chilled in a cup with a fork and you can walk around with high top tables and it'd be more of a dinner type versus a, a appetizer. But um, I think that you need to have something a little bit heavier when you, when you have parties around the five o'clock time. So, and then in the afternoon, is it appropriate to have uh, wine? It's appropriate to have wine anytime. Okay, so we're wine people. <laughs> okay. Um, and so getting back to the tables and chairs, when is it necessary to have tables 
possibly the high tops, and maybe doing away with the chairs so that um, you can lower the cost of this party? That's a really good question. A lot of times I'll say to people, they'll want to have high tops and they'll want to have chairs for everybody to sit at. Do expect that, just like musical chairs, if you have a chair for everybody, they will sit at it. They're not going to get up and mingle around. So if you want to have a party where people are mingling around, you typically would have chairs for half so if you're having a party for 100, you would only have chairs for 50 people. So some people would be forced to stand at a high top. So if you have a high top, you could get away with having a meal that would be with a fork, simple, um, or something in a cup versus a plate where you actually have to yeah. sit down and cut. I find it difficult when I go someplace if they have a buffet and they have drinks and they don't have any landing space. How do you drink and eat? And talk, and you know, put anything down on the table. Yeah, you have to have a no lot. Table. Yeah, we say that there's a lot of ledges. High tops um, are very critical for anything like this. So if you have a large space and you know that people will be drinking, you're going to need to, unless you want to pick up spills all night, you're going to have to have um, high top tables, and they're great. They're okay. beautiful, and um, they allow three to four guests to stand around and mingle. And um, you don't have somebody sitting down with a chair. So is there a formula that tells you, well, I'm going to have 100 people, how much food, how much drink? Well, food and drink um, for 100 people, there isn't a formula. You have to look at the time of the day, but you do want to make sure that you have options for everybody um, that might have a gluten-free allergy or they, you know, a large, lar- a low carb diet, um, or any type of food preferences. So we would sit down and go over a menu that would work for a hundred people, um, that would be cost effective for the budget. But what if somebody wants to cater themselves? They're going to have a hundred people, probably uh, ninety of them are their relatives. Can they say, well, let's see, we're going to have a hundred people. Should we have a hundred hamburgers if it's a barbecue? Uh, is there, okay, we'll do 50 hamburgers and 50 hot dogs. Uh, what is, what should they do? Well, uh, that's a really good question. A lot of times, I, have a lot of them, Donna. I know people <laughs> yeah. say, I want to have a party, a hundred people. I want to do hamburgers and hot dogs. And our rule of thumb is that it's called the split portion. I would never want to do 50 hot dogs and 50 hamburgers because that 51st person would want a hamburger and they're going to be forced into a hot dog. So I would I would hedge on the fact that I would tell everybody to do 100 hamburgers and then only have 50 hot dogs extra. And the reason is I know men that can put down two hamburgers, but they can do one hamburger and one hot dog. So I would suggest that um, you go heavier on the hamburgers and then lighter on the hot dogs. Split portions becomes a nightmare. That's a good point, but did you ever see anybody go to the food table and maybe say they get three hamburgers? They're not leaving a lot for the other people. What do you say to somebody like that? Yeah, there's not much that you can... smack them on the hand with your spatula and say, get out of here. Yeah. It's a lot of times. It depends on the event. Weddings, we sit down and talk to people. We've had a couple of instances where um, that has become a problem. Weddings are so much more different than just regular catering. But you do want to make sure that people that you've invited, you know, that you um, let them know this is a meal and that going up for seconds, hopefully... I'm not into signage. I have seen many events that say, please, only one hamburger until everybody's made it through the line. So 
That oh, it that's did, tacky. It is tacky, but it's happened, and it does happen a but lot. But I have seen people go to the buffet, fill up their uh, dish, not not care, and not leave anything for anybody else. It what does do you happen. Do? You don't invite them back. Exactly. I was just going to say, is that rude? No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, now, don't forget, if the people want, we're talking about if they want to cater themselves, the poor dears. Most people will throw their kids a birthday party. Have you ever catered kids' birthday parties? Many of them. Magicians, bouncing. We've brought in mermaids. We've so, brought so you in... actually do all that stuff yes. so you can carry through the theme? Yes, we can. Are you, is that common for a caterer? It's not really common for... Well, there there are catering companies that do that, but we are very full service. So I like to take control of the entire party. And I know that sounds crazy. Okay. But for everybody who doesn't know Donna, yes, she is a control freak. Yes, like I me. am. So what happens is if you are relying on somebody else to show up for a party and they don't show up for a cater that looks bad. So for me, it's easier to be have my fingertips in every aspect of the party to make sure that the magician has showed up um, or the music has showed up. The baker has arrived with the cake and cupcakes because it does fall back on you. So letting the the person that's hiring you know that you can take care of everything seems to have worked in the past for us. So what kind of food is best for kids' parties? I've never seen kids that have gone to a party that really think about the food. They're thinking about the presents, the games, and everything. So what kind of food do you give? Lately, we've been doing little food stations. So we do little things, like little veggie cups that are with the type of veggies that kids eat. Broccoli and carrots. You know, those... How about French fries? French fries are perfect. I don't know. Is that a vegetable? That's a vegetable. <laughs> Today Ketchup, it is. if it has ketchup on it, it's a vegetable. Oh, there you go. But I think um, macaroni cheese is very um, important at a, a kid's party. Even if it's 150 degrees outside, mac and cheese is always a winner for us. Fresh fruit slices or kebabs so they can pick them up and go. Bowls of goldfish. Um, we've done chicken nuggets, chicken strips. And things like that. You got to think down to the kid level and then have maybe off to the side some things for the adults that are there with the kids. How important is the birthday cake for the kid? Birthday cake is probably the most important. And if it's not the cake with a theme, then it's the mini cupcakes or ice cream sandwiches on the side. Oh, that's a good idea. So if you have the cupcakes, do you think they should have the ice cream in addition? No, not at all. Forget the ice cream. Forget the ice cream. Well, keep that for the adults. Exactly. Okay, so uh, I want to talk about, we've talked about decorating. I want to talk about lighting. If you have an evening party, do you put the lights up? Do you do everything like that? We do everything. We've stringed um, many lights into trees. We've brought in potable lights. We've brought in strobe lights. We have access to everything from heaters to a red carpet and stanchions to lighting. Um, We do it all. Well, good. And that leads me right into Premier Lighting. They are sponsoring me. Uh, They have been doing that for over a year, and I really appreciate it. So I have to give them a shout-out. Their website is shoppremier.com. They have the nicest people working there. You can give them a call and ask them anything about light bulbs, about decorating, about security lighting how to change the feel and look in there in your house by asking them to come over. And so you'll find their phone number on shoppremier.com. Okay, let's go back to the important stuff. 
Um, we're going to talk about, um, let's see, how to check out, well, okay, I was going to say how to check out a caterer. If somebody has decided after going through that big list of to-dos, they don't want to do their own catering, and if they have time, they're going to hire a caterer. So how do they know what kind of caterer's experiences are viable? How do they find a caterer? Help me out here, because I know you, so I never look for a caterer. But what if somebody doesn't know a caterer? I think it's really important. I had um, this happen last week with a woman had emailed me from a reference. That's the first. And I think a lot of people are asking on you know Facebook or Nextdoor, or they're asking somebody first as a reference. And um, I would always check out somebody's Facebook. I'm not a huge Facebooker, but I know that um, I would want to see what they've done in the past. I would call their references. I'd make sure that they're legitimate online, that they carry somewhat of a business license, and especially liability insurance. When you're going into somebody's home and you're working with food, you want to make sure that you're working with somebody that does carry insurance. Um, Food is something that, especially in the summer heat, that people could get sick if it wasn't prepared correctly. And in a licensed commercial kitchen, which is what the Arizona state law is. So I think it's important you do a little bit of homework. Check out um, some reviews. Don't be shy to ask the caterer you know, for a couple names and numbers and follow up and do that. I think people need to be, um, you know, a little bit more forthright on making a decision that's economical for themselves, but also important for them to make sure that they feel 100% um, trusted with the cater before they start. That's really important. Yeah, they shouldn't be shy about asking because ultimately their party could be a big failure if they pick the wrong people, right? Right. I know we've gotten many phone calls. Um, I, I know two, three times that we've gotten phone calls on a Saturday afternoon, and we call them fire drills, and it's a catering company hasn't sure showed up for an event, and they literally have dropped the ball. So um, you want to make sure that somebody's going to be on time, meet with them face-to-face. I don't know that I would hire somebody online without meeting and talking to them. And if they don't call you back in a timely manner, guess what? They're yeah. not going to show up at your event. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Well, I got ahead of myself. There was a question I wanted to ask. If people want to do their own catering, what kind of equipment do they need? Well, you can rent equipment. Um, you really do. If you're going to have something that you need to keep the food hot, you're going to need to have chafers. And that's the, the stainless steel type with the little burners underneath. So if that scares you, you obviously need to hire a caterer. But that is But important. that's only needed if you have hot food. If you have hot food. If you're going to keep things cold, you need to have the proper ice. Um, putting salads in bowls nowadays. We're putting our coleslaw into an acrylic bowl that's nestled with ice around it to make sure that for the barbecue outside that everything stays at the temperature. So you want to make sure that food that's hot is hot and food that's cold is cold. So chilling buckets, making sure space is more most important, make sure that you have refrigerator space for everything prior to the event so it does stay in the temperature zone. But I think one of the more important things, too, maybe I'm just a a visual person, is the display of the food, how they present it, so the people who are catering themselves should have enough pretty serving plates, uh, think about the decoration on the table. There's nothing worse than looking at a table that's ugly. 
Yeah, a lot of people. Um, I I gotta say, I take my pride in the the setup part of it. So you can grab things that will give you height, like from a bucket to a pot. And if you put that on the table and set it out the night before and lay a linen over it, and then you would have the different heights, and then you can lay your food appropriately. I think that's um, visually important for people. I always tell them when you're having a party, look on your walls, some of your pictures, some of your mirrors that you can lay down and utilize to put food on top of a mirror and that bringing that, um, that reflection off from the mirror just changes the look of the food. For those of you who are going to do your own catering, I've seen a lot of pretty presentations on Pinterest. Not to give Pinterest a plug, but they can go in there and uh, get some ideas from that. Okay, so now they're still catering themselves, but let's talk about the balance of food. How much appetizer to main to side to desserts should they have? Well, I once again, back to how many hours the event is. So if somebody was to call me and say, I'm having a party and it starts at 5, ends at 9 o'clock, so you have four-hour time period, I always tell them, let's start with the guts of everything. What is your main objective? If you're feeding them dinner, you could go light appetizers and light dessert on both sides. So dinner would probably be about 6.30. Um, desserts would be served about 8.00. And appetizers would be right when everybody comes in and gets settled with a drink. If you're not going to do any type of um, main meal, then you can do a heavy appetizer and do a little bit heavier um, dessert as well. How important is having coffee with the dessert? I'm finding nowadays people are not doing coffee with dessert um, unless it is a formal 90th birthday party, which we're doing this next weekend coming up, or... It is something that is going to be long, you know, after eight, nine o'clock at night. Weddings nowadays are actually setting up coffee bars about 10 p.m. because they're getting a second wind. But, you know, since Starbucks came into our lives, it seems like no matter what the age of the person, they're into coffee. So I would think that'd be a very important uh, item it, I, I think it is important, but it's costing too. When somebody's going to let something go off the party, it's usually coffee gets left. Oh, yeah, that's terrible. it is terrible. Do they have to be eating? Do you have to serve the food or have it out there for the whole entire time that the event is going on? No, I would suggest it isn't set out the whole time. Usually when we set up an event, we will do the... Five o'clock hour, we'll go back to the five to nine party. We'll do the five o'clock, we'll do the um, the appetizers with cocktails. And then about six or 6.15, we'll start the chafers and start with the meal. And then we'll wind down with dessert. We've already cleaned up the appetizers. By the time desserts start, we've already gotten rid of everything from the dinner. And then we would start with a wind down on the alcohol making sure that there is something always edible around the time that people yeah. are drinking alcohol just for the liability. Okay, I want to say something important that I just thought of to the people who want to do their own catering. When Donna does her catering, she has servers. So you either have to hire servers or you have to give up your life, put your apron on and make believe that you're a slave at the party because I've seen it and I've done it. So it's so much easier to have a caterer. And the best part about having a caterer, she cleans up, right? We do. We clean up everything. I've been known to bring a towel and a mop and clean the kitchen floor. It doesn't look anything like we've been there. 
So you don't do windows? We don't do windows. <laughs> okay. So did we did we mention that they should call you how far in advance if they're going to uh, secure you for an event? I would like weddings about a year. We've been working on a wedding for about a year um, out. Um, I've had bat mitzvahs, bar mitzvahs that we've worked on for a year and a half. So as soon as you secure your location, unless we're going to find that venue for you, which we do, and we have relationships with several venues in town, um, once you secure that, the caterer is going to be your next phone call. So um, And the, the date. And the date, exactly. Yeah. Um, so let's see, what else? Oh, yeah. What happens when you run out of food? Well, I... I didn't want to bring up the bad and ugly, but I do want Just to tell one bad and ugly. One okay. story because it did only happen once. So we we did learn. So I had bride and groom that wanted to have a wedding up the right house. So I'll give them a little plug. Um, it was 150 people and they wanted to do salmon and brisket. We told them that we would need to do a portion of salmon for everybody and a portion of brisket. And they um, fought us tooth and nail to the fact that they would only do 75 salmon and 75 brisket. I had them sign the contract. Everything was perfect. And we had it all telling me that the people would only eat the portion one or the other. Surely enough, we started through the buffet line. And about a half an hour into it, we ran out of brisket. So I would have thought that more people got the salmon. I would have thought too. It was crazy. And in this instance, when you have a bride and groom and you have people standing in front of you, it's very hard for the caterer to be the bearer of bad news and say the bride and groom didn't want to buy you a meal. So you smile and they get to have a piece of each. So once you see your neighbor having a piece of each, then that's what happens. So we did run out of brisket. I called a connection that brought, um, we ended up running and getting, and it cost about $240 for one pan of brisket. So if so you don't a, do it right the first time, it's a it costly, costs. It was a costly mistake. We will never do a split portion again like that. I will suggest a smaller steak, salmon steak, maybe a four ounce and maybe a four ounce of brisket, but I would never um, just do a six ounce of each. Well, that sounds good. So that was probably not one of your favorite um, events. What was your favorite event that you catered? We catered for Southwest Airlines um, for 800 people. It was in the hangar. That was before 9-11. So we were doing catering um, in one of the hangars, and we did a winter wonderland for the employees. And it was pretty magical. Wow, we that sounds Santa, great. We had different booths. I rented ovens in the hangar to do the turkeys and the mills. So a lot of planning, but it was very successful. Mm-hmm. I made snow. You made snow? In the hangar. Yes. It was awesome. <laughs> so, Donna, what would you be doing if you were not catering? I love nonprofit. Profit. Um, Mark and I have became mentor foster parents recently. And I love working with um, adoption or foster care. Um, I love working with a healing pantry and different nonprofit organizations. So 
just put my um, wants out to the world and have something come back. Well, you also said flowers, but when you cater, you do the flowers. So you're we doing do, that already. We do the flowers. I'd love to have a, a floral shop. So where is your cafe located? And tell us something about it. I mean, what kind of food do you have and when is it open? Donna K Cafe is on the corner of 90th and Violinda. Um, we're right behind the friendly Hallmark. I tell people that because there's a Hallmark there with the post office. And the cafe is only open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. Do you sleep? Of, we don't sleep. But yeah, a lot of people so. say, wow, you're open three hours. It mu-, either they say it must be good and you're only open three hours or it's not good and you're only open three hours. But we have, a, since we've opened um, seven years ago, we have a regular group of people um, that come in and, and we really didn't want to close the doors completely, but leave them open for them. And it's a good opportunity for people to come in and hang out. And, um, I think if you check out our Yelps, you'll see why it's a very unique little place. It's like the little neighborhood coffee place, but you sell more than coffee. Obviously, We do. We have great biscuits and gravy and lemon ricotta pancakes. So now everybody can understand why I don't really do my own catering. So every month when I have a happy hour, Donna does her magic, and we've had nothing but success, right? Right. Right. It's been awesome. I want to thank you for stopping by. I think this was fun. I learned a lot. I know not to uh, stay in the kitchen. Good idea. That's your thing. Good idea. And uh, you'll come back next time, I know. I will. Thank you very much for having me. Hey, you guys, if you enjoyed these podcasts, tell your friends about them. They're easy to listen to, and you can learn a lot about everything for your home, as we just explained. Uh, Who would have thought that I would have had a caterer on um, Design Chat with Nancy? Hmm. Don't forget to email me at nancy at nancyhugo.com if you have any questions about anything, and that includes anything that Donna spoke about. If you're not using the app on your phone, you can get it from the iPhone or Android store, and you can search for Home Design Chat with Nancy, and then you subscribe to it, and you won't miss out on any of the podcasts that I do. I have lots of fun doing these podcasts, and I hope that you enjoy listening to them. Also, I would love to have some feedback on my intro. I know it was a little off the wall, but maybe that's what is more fun than me just having my three lines to read. So don't hesitate to let me know. And until next time, have a great day. 